Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Remember the prom? You got so thin by then. I was so lucky getting mono. That was like the best diet ever. Meet Romy and Michelle. Remember that time I barfed from really bad Mexican food? So gross. I hate throwing up in public. Oh, me too! Oh. They walk the walk. This underwear is totally riding up my butt. <laughs> they talk the talk. Romy, did you lose weight? All I've had to eat for the past six days are gummy bears, jelly beans, and candy corn. God, I wish I had your discipline. But at their high school reunion... Are you going? I'd rather put this out in my right eye. Um, okay. <laughs> they'll be in a class by themselves. We can go to the reunion and just pretend to be successful. Oh, my God. From this point on, we are sophisticated, successful career women. Which one of these guys will I have sex with at the reunion? Touchstone Pictures presents... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That hurt, but it looked really good. Mira Sorvino. You have absolutely no proof that you're cuter. Okay. Who lost their virginity first? Oh, big wow with your cousin Barry. I wouldn't brag about it. Lisa Goudreau. I'm sorry, I couldn't find my top. In a story of the blonde. What does this remind you of? Leading the blonde. Oh, I know. This lady is totally sick. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. And what are you picking on us for? Anyway, we are not the ones who got fat. We're pregnant, you half-wit. Well, I hope your babies all look like monkeys. <laughs> hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion from 1997. The studio was Touchstone Pictures. The release date was April 25th, 1997. The running time, 92 minutes, and the rating was R. The budget, $20 million, and the box office took in $29.2 million, making it the 71st ranked movie of 1997. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 73% fresh from 60 reviews. Their critics' consensus is, the film has an admittedly slight premise, but it's elevated by ample heart and an infectiously playful spirit, and the buoyant chemistry of Lisa Cadreau and Mira Savino. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3 out of 4 stars, and here's his review. I just get really happy when they let her shop, Michelle tells Romy, tears in her voice as they watch the video of Pretty Woman for the umpteenth time. Romy agrees. The two women have been friends so long they talk the same way, sounding a little like the Saturday Night Live version of Tori Spelling. There have been a lot of high school reunion movies. This is the second one this month after Gross Point Blank, and they all hinge on the long-lasting insecurity. Apparently everyone was miserable during high school, and even the popular kids didn't seem successful to themselves. I recently got a note from a high school classmate who described herself as painfully shy and dyslexic. Looking at the signature, I recognized the name of a woman I'd always thought as the epicenter of popularity. Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, written by Robin Schiff and based on her play, and directed by David Merkin, is one of the brightest and goofiest comedies in a while. A film that has a share of truth, but isn't afraid to cut loose with the weirdest choreography I have seen outside a 1960s revival. (laughs) Mira Sorvino and Lisa Cudreau work easily and wickedly together, playing conspirators who are maybe just a little too dense to realize how desperate they are, or maybe just a little too bright to admit it. 
Janine Garofalo, looking fearsomely hard-boiled, is the really successful businesswoman from the class, chain-smoking and blurting out the truth. Comedies are hard to make well. The proof is how many are made badly. This one is light as a feather and cheerfully inconsequential. And most of the developments are predictable, but it has a charm, a sly intelligence, and the courage to go for special effects sequences such as the weird run-in with the limo. And then there's that three-way dance number at the reunion. I can't believe how cute they look. Honest. And that's the end of Ebert's review. So this film came out a year after I graduated high school. So my interest in the movie definitely wasn't for the high school nostalgia, but it was really for the 80s nostalgia that is heavy throughout the film. I love the soundtrack, and it's a fun, cute film that's easy to watch at any time. And as Ebert mentioned, Mira Servino and Lisa Goudreau are just, they have a terrific chemistry together. Okay, let's get into the main cast. You have Mira Savino who plays Romy. And I think this had to be the first thing I saw her in. And if you didn't know already, her father is actor Paul Sorvino. And you might not know his name, but you have definitely seen him in films. He's often playing a mobster type. He was actually the main boss that Tom Cruise tries to persuade in the firm. Anyway, back to Mira. Her big break was in 1995 when she played the lead character in The Mighty Aphrodite, which was directed by Woody Allen. She actually won an Oscar for Best Actress for her role in that film. Lisa Kudrow plays Michelle. Now, Kudrow was definitely well-known then, and actually still very well-known, for her role playing Phoebe in the show Friends, which actually began in 1994. But her career started in the early 90s, appearing in a few films and shows, but Friends is what made her a star. She also appeared in a small role in the film Mother from 1996 with Albert Brooks and Debbie Reynolds, which I covered on the podcast already, so check that out. Janine Garofalo plays Heather. Now, I remember seeing her stand-up act in the early 1990s on Comedy Central, and I thought she was hilarious. It's that same dry, sarcastic tone that is really what makes her shine in Romeo and Michelle, as often, she's the most memorable part of this film. Prior to the film, Garofalo was very popular appearing in the movie Reality Bites and The Cable Guy, along with memorable appearances in shows like Seinfeld and Saturday Night Live, The Larry Sanders Show, and The Ben Stiller Show. The director, David Merkin. Now, he was best known for being a producer of TV shows like The Simpsons and the reboot of The New Heart Show in the 1980s, along with Get a Life with Chris Elliott. Romy and Michelle was his first film as a director. He would only direct one more movie, and that was 2001's Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Gene Hackman. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So the screenplay, as Ebert mentioned, was written by Robin Schiff, and it was adapted from her play titled Ladies' Room which was written 10 years prior to the making of this film. So it really was indeed true to life in many ways regarding the time span. So while the film adaptation is not the same as the play, the film is based on the two of the characters that were included in Ladies' Room, and of course that being Romeo and Michelle. Interestingly enough, it was Lisa Kudrow who played Michelle in the play, and she knew Schiff from the famous improv troupe The Groundlings. Schiff based the characters on the types she'd seen when she was out at clubs on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And when the Romy and Michelle characters appeared on stage during the play, they received the most laughter and applause from the audience. A few years later, Touchstone said they were interested in making a female version of Wayne's World, which now totally makes sense, but at the time, I never really put it together. But the film did not test well, and Schiff thought it would be a bomb. It was even pushed back to accommodate another reunion film that Ebert mentioned, Gross Point Blank. But the reviews were very positive, and the film did find its audience. Okay, let's get into the film. So it opens with some random fabric tapestries while the song Just a Girl from No Doubt plays. 
We then cut to the Los Angeles beach apartment of Romy, Mira Servino, and Michelle Lisa Coudreau. Again, they are two lifelong friends, or basically like sisters. They're watching the movie Pretty Woman on the television, which they love to make fun of. money to spend in here. I don't think we have anything for you. You're obviously in the wrong place. Please leave. You know, even though we've watched Pretty Woman like 36 times, I never get tired of making fun of it. Oh, I know. Oh, poor thing. Look, they won't let her shop. Yeah, like those sales girls in Beverly Hills aren't bigger whores than she is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh my god, listen to that sad, sad music as she leaves. It's like boo-hoo. Uh. <laughs> that is actually kind of sad. Anything you see here, we can do by the Get ready to have some fun, okay? Mary Pat, Mary Kate, Mary Francis, Toba, let's see it. Come on, bring it on. just get really happy when they finally let her shop. That night, the ladies go out dancing at their favorite club, which is like a nightly deal for them. Both are picky about which guys they choose to dance with. They end up avoiding the men altogether and instead dance together to a remix of the Bee Gees classic, Stand Alive. Come on, Michelle, let's just go dance with ourselves. Okay. to God, sometimes I wish I were a lesbian. Do you want to try and have sex sometimes just to see if we are? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, right, Michelle. Just the thought of having sex with another woman creeps me out. But if we're not married by the time we're 30, ask me again. Okay. It's great. As a pair, they already have a dance routine ready to go. The next day, we see Romy at her job working as a cashier at a Jaguar car dealership. Two, four, three. Two, four, three. Service. It's number two, four, three. During this century, boys... Come on, Ramon, quit jerking off and bring the car around. Next in line is Heather Mooney, that's Janine Garofalo, who went to high school with both Romy and Michelle. Again, Garofalo absolutely steals this movie in every scene she's in. She always has a snarky response to everyone she encounters. <clears throat> I'm in a hurry. Well, I'm going as fast as I can, Miss Mooney. Heather... Heather Mooney from Sagebrush High in Tucson. Yeah. It's Romy. Romy White. You shitting me. No, this is so weird. I didn't know you were living in L.A. Well, now that you know, will we be getting together a lot? <laughs> so, God, you're driving a new Jaguar? What do you do? Ever hear of Lady Fair cigarettes? The ones that burn down real fast? Twice the taste and half the time for the gal on the go, I invented the quick-burning paper. 
Wow. You going to the reunion? What reunion? Our 10-year high school reunion in Tucson. You're kidding me. It's been 10 years since high school? God, where have I been? I'm stumped. Where? <laughs> anyway, are you going? I'd rather put this out in my ass. I wonder why we didn't get an invitation. I mean, I'm sure Michelle would have told me if she got one. Michelle Weinberger? Mm-hmm. Do you live with Michelle Weinberger? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought maybe she'd be married to Sandy by now. Sandy Frank? <laughs> yes, Sandy Frank. He could barely contain his erection every time she was around. Why do you think he always carried that huge notebook? The Frankazoid and Michelle, I'm sure. Besides, didn't you have a thing for Sandy in high school? <laughs> I did not have a thing. I did not have a thing. I did not have a thing. I was very much in love with him. Very much in love, and there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. I have to go now. Well, <clears throat> I guess I won't be seeing you at the reunion. But I'll tell everyone you said hi. Why don't you tell everyone I said to go fuck themselves for making my teen years a living hell? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. When Romy gets back home, she and Michelle look through their senior yearbook, and we get some great flashbacks of their high school days, like Heather always going behind the school to smoke while the Smithereens' terrific song Blood and Roses plays. Heather, in the future, creates a quick burning cigarette due to her annoyance in high school about not being able to finish an entire cigarette between classes. Hilariously, the yearbook photo for Romy and Michelle were shot as one photo of them together in the shot. The duo reminisce about if they were popular or not, and they determine they definitely were not dorks like Sandy and Heather. So we get a flashback of Sandy and Heather at a science fair as the overly enthusiastic Toby, played by Cameron Mannheim, begs to take their photo for the yearbook. Heather, I want to take another picture of you and Sandy for the yearbook, and I want to interview you too, because I think it would make a really interesting article for the Roundup. Oh, Toby, fuck off. Finally, we get to see Romy and Michelle in high school in 1987. They definitely had their own cool, unique style to anyone else, since they really didn't care about clicks. But Michelle had to wear a back and neck brace due to her scoliosis. I love it when it's hamburger day. Uh-huh. Okay, smile. Great. Thanks a lot. Hello, girls. Don't forget, you have detention after school today. Oh, we won't, Mr. Lich. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. <laughs> God, can you believe you just got married? Like, how desperate is she? <laughs> I know, it's like, like, this is my husband. He dissects crayfish, but he has a really good personality. <laughs> Billy Christensen. Oh, he's so cute. He is cute. Really cute. Hi, Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Gosh, you're so slimy. I cannot believe he's with Christy Masters. 
I know. She's like so transparent. Did you hear her report in Miss Weigand's class? She actually thinks she's going to be a TV anchor woman. What a deludinoid. <laughs> Those weirdos are staring at us again. They're obsessed with us. Look at what they're wearing. Where do you even get outfits that hideous? They made them in home ec from their own patterns. Actually, I think they're semi-interesting. Freakish, off-putting sort of way. Never mind. Chris, huh? come on, I'm hungry. No, Billy, wait. I want to have some fun. Lisa, give me the bag. <laughs> Here you go. You are so bad. <laughs> she is out of control. Michelle? Christy Masters is coming over here. Wow, she never comes over. Okay, just act cool. Hi. Hi. Hi, Christy. So, you girls gonna try out for the spring musical? Us? Yeah, you should. It'll be fun. Okay, why not? Yeah, so, um, what musical are they doing? The Music Man. You're kidding! Oh, the Wells Fargo Wagon is a coming down the street. <laughs> I love the Music Man. Okay. Can I have the rest of this? Um... nice when she wants to be. Michelle! Uh-oh, don't look down. Here comes the Frankazoid. Oh, God, he is such a geek. Hi, Michelle. Gee, Michelle, you're looking really lovely today. Okay, see you in biology. I, I, I thought I ought to tell you, Michelle, Christy Master stuck magnets on your back. What? She's Michelle, you do have magnets on your back. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, don't let them see you get upset. That's what they want. Oh my god. Hey! I'm pretending you just said something hilarious. Now you laugh at me. Come on, do it. <laughs> That was so rude. I mean, you couldn't help it if you had scoliosis. I know. Of course, the irony in how Romy and Michelle were picked on by the popular clique of girls was that they did essentially the same thing to Sandy. That's Alan Cumming. And Heather by treating them poorly. And then Sandy ignores Heather, who is in love with him. It's like the narrow focus of being a teenager. Everyone has a pecking order. So Julia Campbell, who plays Christy, actually did wear a back brace in real life when she developed scoliosis at the age of 11. And then at 15, she had to have corrective surgery when her spine started cutting into her right lung. She has since recovered, but she cannot partake in any physical activity that puts pressure on her spine. Next, it's a flashback to the senior prom as Romy and Michelle look like different versions of Madonna. Romy gets super excited that her crush Billy agrees to dance with her. 
but you can guess how that ultimately turns out. And Sandy attempts to get his crush Michelle to dance with him. It's time to announce the king and queen of the prom. And the winners are... Billy Christensen and Christy Master! Billy looks cute in his tux. He does look cute. Really cute. Do you think this is the last night of school and I might never see him again? That maybe he would dance with me? I bet he would. I mean, it's senior prom. Nobody's going to say no to anyone tonight. <laughs> Since this is the last night of school and all, would you care to dance with me once? No. This song is like so great. Um, never mind. Uh, unless, you know, you want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? Really? Um, could you wait here? I'm, I'm, I'll be right back. Okay. girl just asked me to dance with her. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, that's pathetic. <laughs> what should I do? Let me take care of this. Michelle? Oh, God, okay. So what do you say? Sure. Why not? Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Romy. What? Thanks for stealing my boyfriend. What are you talking about? Billy just broke up with me. Apparently he's had a crush on you since Mr. Roswell's class. And now that he knows that you like him, he doesn't want to pretend with me anymore. My life was perfect and you ruined it. <gasps> I swear to God, Christy, I didn't even think you'd dance with me. Wow, she is really PO'd. This is so cool. Oh, I know. You know what is so weird? I had this dream where Billy was like in love with me. And I mean, he was in a wheelchair, but still it's like it's coming true or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> How's my hair? Perfect. Okay, Romy, you look so good with blonde hair and black roots. It's like not even funny. <laughs> I have to say, this is turning out to be one of the very best nights of my entire life. <laughs> Yay.
just like they do now, Romy and Michelle dance at the prom together after Billy stood up Romy. The pair decide to fill out their reunion form, which gives details about their current life. Like, what do they do for a living? And if they're married? And do they have kids? Things like that. So even though they're very happy with their lives, they do realize that appearances are everything at high school reunions, and that what they have accomplished is, may not be impressive to their old classmates. Romy and Michelle decide they need better jobs and boyfriends and need to achieve this in two weeks before the reunion. So first, it's off to the gym to lose a few pounds, to which Romy comes up with a weight loss plan. Then Michelle drops some brilliant logic. Hey, Romy, remember Mrs. Chivas' class? There was, like, always a word problem. Like, there's a guy in a rowboat going X miles, and the current is going, like, you know, some other miles. And how long does it take him to get to town? Like, who cares? Who wants to go to town with a guy who drives a rowboat? <laughs> so in the last scene, when Lisa Kudrow is talking about the guy in the rowboat, you can clearly see the woman in the background trying to hold back laughter. It's great. Michelle, with her love of fashion, tries to get a job at a few high-end shops on Rodeo Drive, but she fails to impress them during her quick interviews. Romy has the same amount of success trying to find them boyfriends. Um, great suit. Is that an Armani? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I thought so. So what do you do? I'm a suit salesman. Would you excuse me? I cut my foot before and my shoe is filling up with blood. So unable to land a job at a high-end fashion boutique, Michelle then settles for a discount outlet, much to her dismay. And you also get a 5% employee discount over and above our everyday low prices. Make a curtain for the motorhome. <clears throat> I got this tie for a dollar. You paid a whole dollar for that? Betcha. Rude, what's the markdown for a small blood stain? It's one of our regulars. So what do you think? I'd like to go away. With the reunion a week away, the ladies are stressed about their lack of boyfriends and jobs. One of the hilarious parts about the gym scenes is when they work out, they're always wearing skirts and high heels. And then Romy has her eureka moment. Oh my God, Michelle, that's it. We can go to the reunion and just pretend to be successful. I mean, who's going to know? They're in Tucson. We're here. We can just show up looking like businesswomen. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, oh. But if the people at the reunion see us drive up in a Nova, won't they know we're not really businesswomen? If you can make us the clothes, I can get us the car. <laughs> Boys, I need to talk to Ramon. Go. Yes, Caramia? Michelle and I have this high school reunion to go to. We need to show up in a really cool car. Yeah? Todd told me that he gave you a really great deal on an XJS convertible, and that you're fixing it up. Yeah? So? Can I borrow your car? If I loan you my car, what do I get? Uh, what do you want? Oh, Romy, you know what I want. Oh, forget it! I'm not gonna have sex with you just to borrow your stupid car. I gotta get something? Okay. Close the blinds. And we'll work something out. Oh, 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 Ramon. Oh, Ramon. Oh, oh. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 man. oh, 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 Ramon. Me Capitan, me amor. You are Columbus and I am America. Discover me, Ramon. Just discover me. Uh, oh, explosions. The earth is moving. Explosions. The earth is moving. Oh, is that an earthquake? No, it's Ramon. Is that an earthquake? <laughs> no, it's Ramon. Ah, it's Ramon. Man Stallion, fill me with your giant love wand. What? No, I'm sorry, I don't think so. I mean, we'll say something nice about my penis. Oh, Ramon, your penis is so powerful. I'm coming. Okay, thanks. Get off me now. Oh, come on. You wanted it to be believable. Oh. <laughs> Nothing like a good old Meg Ryan-esque fake orgasm to get what you want. They now have an awesome convertible, and it's off to Tucson. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. Now I gotta cut loose, cut loose. Think I'm the Sundays. I have no idea what the rest of the lyrics are. Me neither. Woo! Watch out, Tucson, here we come! Shit!
I mean, who can ever remember the lyrics to Footloose besides the chorus, right? That always that scene always cracked me up, along with Lisa Kudrow. Woo! <laughs> While on the road, a kid in the back of a station wagon makes funny faces at Michelle, and she gets annoyed and does the same thing back to him by putting her lips to the passenger window. However, she doesn't realize she's making faces now at the parents driving, which is hilarious. Funny cut, everybody cut. Everybody cut, everybody cut. stop at a truck stop to grab some food and they change into their business suits and attempt to get a businesswoman special. However, they forgot the most important part about their ruse. Alright, now just remember, from this point on, we are sophisticated, educated, successful career women. Right, okay. God, this underwear is totally riding up my butt crap. Yeah. Hello. Um, we need something to go. Okay. Do you have some sort of businesswoman special? Come again? Well, we're businesswomen. Yeah, from L.A. And you know, some places have, like, a lunch special for businesswomen. We don't have anything like that. Well, then why don't you just give us um, two burgers and fries and Diet Cokes, because we're in a hurry. We're doing Tucson later for a business thing, you know. What kind of business you in? Yep, they forgot about what type of business they actually run. This leads to a not-so-friendly discussion between the friends. I can't believe we never thought of what to say we did for a living. Which one of these guys will I have sex with at the reunion? Ooh, Casey Deegan! <laughs> Come on, now we're running out of time. I know. Why don't we say that we own our own company? Oh, good. Like what? Like what if we invented something? Like what? Well, okay, I, I think it should be like something that, that everybody has heard about, but, but nobody really knows who invented it. <gasps> oh my god, I've got it! Post-its! Everybody knows what post-its are. Yeah. They're the little yellow things with the stick them on the back, right? Oh. Okay, we're, we're working in this advertising agency after college. Good college. Good one. Yeah. And we have, like, this big, like, 
presentation to make to like a client. <laughs> so, so, so we're like brainstorming, and all of a sudden, we're out of paper clips. <laughs> and so, okay, so then I, I like, okay, I say, I say, okay, wouldn't it be great if there was like this, like stickum on the back of this paper? So like, if it would just, if I laid it on top of that other paper, it would just stay, you know, like without a paper clip. Yes. Ah. So then you've got like this grandfather, this uncle that like has like a like a like a paper company or a paper mill, and and he's like really into it, and the rest is history. Oh my God, it is perfect. Wow, don't you think? Well, yeah, but. Well, yeah, but what? I don't know. I mean, it just sounds like you invented post-its all by yourself. You know, I mean, what did I do? Well, it was your grandfather or uncle. Yeah. Okay, you know, so we could say that you were like the designer. Like I thought of them, but you thought of making them yellow. <laughs> well, no, but it's like most of these people have like known us since elementary school. I just think that you're more believable as a designer rather than as an inventor. You know? You're obviously pissed at me. No, come on, why should I be pissed at you? Just because now I know how you really feel about me. Oh my God, I knew this would happen. I mean, I try for once to be honest with you and it blows up in my face. God, you wanna be honest? Okay, good, let's be honest. I let you have the ideas. What? Yeah. I let you have the idea, so you won't feel so bad that I'm cuter. You are not cuter, Michelle. I am so cuter. It's like common knowledge, Romy. Everybody thinks so. I'm the Mary, and you're the Rhoda. That's ridiculous. You're the Rhoda. You're the Jewish one. Oh my God, I'm talking cuteness-wise, Romy. Okay, and cuteness-wise, I'm the Mary. That's crazy. You have absolutely no proof that you're cuter. Oh, proof? You want proof? Okay, fine. Who lost their virginity first? Oh, big wow with your cousin Barry. I wouldn't brag about it. Okay. So who always gets asked to dance first when we go to clubs, huh? No wonder you couldn't find us boyfriends, Romy. Well, so what? You can't even get a job. I carry you, Michelle. Without me, you'd be lost. <gasps> that is such a lie. Oh, yeah? Well, let's just see. Let's split up and see what happens. What do you mean, split up? When we get to Tucson, we're going our own separate ways. Okay, good. Fine, I don't care. Fine! Fine. As of Tucson, we're finished. Well, drive fast. <laughs> Once they arrive in Tucson, Romy and Michelle do indeed split up. Romy runs into Billy and says she invented post-its. Michelle overhears this and is dejected, but decides to approach the group of women who made fun of them in high school, led by Christy, played by Julia Campbell. So I told Prescott you can either pay me the 150 or I am out of here bye-bye. I mean, there are at least 12 other major markets that would put me on the air tomorrow. Wow, so you did it? You're an anchor woman? No, I'm a weather girl. On the highest rated 5 o'clock news in Tucson. Uh, so, Michelle, what are you up to? 
Okay. Um, I invented post-its. You're kidding. You must have made a fortune. Well, yeah. No offense, Michelle, but how in the world did you think of post-its? Um, well... And I invented them totally by myself. I mean, all Michelle did was say, what about making them yellow? Really? Actually, I invented a special kind of glue. <laughs> oh, really? Well, then I'm sure you wouldn't mind giving us a detailed account of exactly how you concocted this miracle glue, would you? No. Um, well, ordinarily, when you make glue, first you need to thermoset your resin, and then after it cools, you mix in a, um, epoxide, which is really just a fancy-schmancy name for any simple oxygenated adhesive, right? Then I thought maybe, just maybe, you could raise the viscosity by adding a complex glucose derivative during the emulsification process. And it turns out, I was right. Huh? I don't believe it. You must be the most successful person in our graduating class. Uh-huh. And you're not. Bye. Good job, Michelle. It's all about the confidence. Lisa Kudrow made up the entire special glue formula on the spot. Her groundlings improv background really paid off yet again. Well, as it turns out, the initial entrance that we just heard, along with Romy and Michelle winning the award for most change for the better, was just the dream. Along with this funny sequence of the pair still arguing about who's the Mary and who's the Rhoda when they're very old, with the payoff being Romy flipping off Michelle. at your medal from the reunion again, dear? <laughs> you miss her, don't you? Duh. Michelle? Have you been terribly unhappy with me all these years? Oh, no. No, Sandy. Oh, good. I've just been lonely with no one to talk to. Ooh. Why don't you call her? Okay. Yeah. Hello? Billy Christensen? Oh, no. No, I'm... I'm Billy Jr. Oh, Billy, honey. Is your mommy home? Well, yeah, Leo, but uh, she, she can't come to the phone right now. I mean, she, she's on her deathbed. Romy. Oh, dear. Billy, honey, tell your mommy that Michelle Weinberger Frank is on the phone and would very much like to speak with her. Not until you admit that I'm the Mary, and you're the Rhoda. I'm the Mary! 
I'm the Mary. I'm the your pasty hag on a deathbed. I'm the Mary. Everybody knows. Way to go, honey. So, what really happens at the reunion? Do Romeo and Michelle make up and continue with the story about inventing post-its? And do we see Sandy and Heather again? Will Romy finally get Billy to fall in love with her? Well, it's all part of the last 30 minutes, and you will not be disappointed by the ending. I think it's great. This is just a terrific movie, again, to put on at any time. It's just pure entertainment. And if you're a fan of 80s nostalgia, I don't think you really can go wrong because the soundtrack is terrific. All right, a fun fact. So Lisa Kudrow actually received a degree in biology from Vassar College, and Mira Servino has a degree in Asian studies from Harvard. So during production of Romeo and Michelle, they nicknamed each other Smart and Smarter. All right, we have a special guest. It's Sonny Pooney from the Growing Up Rock podcast, along with Podcast Rock City. He joins me to discuss this very fun 80s-themed movie. Of course, he loves his 80s music and movies, and so he was a perfect guest. And I'll be back next week to discuss yet another random movie, from my DVD collection. All right, we are back with Sonny Pooney, who just told me he invented Post-Its. He's also on Grown Up Rock, and he's also on Podcast Rock City. How you doing, Sonny? I'm doing good. Dude, that Post-It note story, that's a int- the real story is an interesting story. It, it, well, and if the audience hasn't heard, uh, feel free to uh, to pass it along. Yeah, so this guy, uh, 1968, I think it was, he was looking, he was trying to make this adhesive glue. He accidentally made some glue that was easily removable. He goes to 3M. He works for 3M, trying to figure out, like, uses for this thing. They couldn't figure out anything. Meanwhile, he's got a friend that is in a church choir, and his bookmarks keep dropping out. <laughs> from the songs that he's trying to write, he's getting frustrated about the paper bookmarks. Mm-hmm. So he uses this thing to separate his choir book. And then he's like, you know what? I This could work. So it was Invention 68 meeting a guy that has uh, that helps you with usability in 73. In 77, they started marketing it in major cities. It died. 3M stopped making it. And then the marketers came back in 78 and decided to give a bunch of people in Boise, Idaho, free ones <laughs> to see if they would buy them after they used them. And it was like a 90% return rate. Yeah. And it's history from there. 1980, it takes off. And now there's like 500 different colors and sizes you can get. That's right. Could you? I, I had a lot of people can't live without them. Oh, my wife can't live without them. You kidding me? I get home and there is posting notes on the microwave. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what's great about this movie. So it came out in 97, though it feels like an 80s movie for obvious reasons. But, you know, it, it's it's awesome. And the the way she told a lie, she almost they almost got away with it because it's almost pre-internet or it's very early days of the internet. Nobody had their phone on them, so nobody could, you know, fact check them. I kind of loved, what you know, pre-internet movies because you could you could get away with a lot more. I thought the story was believable. Yeah. I thought the story was very believable. And in her dream, when she started just spewing out words that she didn't know what they meant, nobody else knew what they meant either. Oh, my God, was she selling it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, are you a uh, Romy uh, or a Michelle uh, guy? So are you Mira Savino or Lisa Kudrow? 
I'm more Mira than I am Lisa. Lisa was my least favorite friend. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Mira in too much, too many things. They work off each other pretty well here because of the characters they're playing. But uh, Lisa just, she's kind of been a little bit typecast, very much like Kramer, right? I can't see yeah. her doing anything else but what she did in Friends. That's true. And that's a, that's a great point point uh this uh, this soundtrack is awesome and the song like if you're an 80s fan it's pretty much runs the gamut my favorite it, that it reintroduced me to the smithereens uh when they were introducing the jenny garofalo character when she was a uh, in high school and so blood and roses what are some of the the favorite songs that that you got off of uh of this movie yeah i think placement wise that whole just a girl at the beginning mm-hmm. was great placement i thought when Sandy is walking into the party and bad case of loving you is playing. <laughs> yep. I thought was incredible placement. Um, so they did, a, a, we got the beat of course has to be in there because it feels eighties, like you said, and it feels almost a little bit, uh, almost two eighties, uh, yeah. even though it's a nineties movie. Um, so they did a good job of, you know, putting things in when things are sad. It's like time after time. Like, so whoever, kind of came up with those ideas was obviously an eighties music fan and knew the music that they were picking versus sometimes you get directors that say, well, I need the chorus to just say X and it's like, but that song's not anything about what we're doing right now. I don't Mm -hmm. really care. You know what I mean? And it's like, "Ah, I don't know. It never works for me that way. Right. So this, this movie came out uh, probably a perfect time for a lot of out of 80s fans because it was right when that high school reunion would happen for for some people your 10 or 15 year um and i think now with such the 80s nostalgia i i'm shocked that more people don't go back to this movie especially kids i think they'd love it yeah this movie it's never going to be uh it's uh, i guess it's going to stand the test of time because you are going to have folks that play these parts in high school that 10 years later have to deal with all these things in every single generation it hasn't changed Right. I'm going through it with my teenage kids now to where, you know, they had to deal with the bully and they had to deal with the jock and they had to deal with, you know, uh, friends getting pregnant early and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. The only the only things that's changed is, well, it's not cigarettes, it's vaping. Right. Right. And it's not Coke, it's gummies. Right. right. So it's there's things that have changed, but every generation has this. Yeah. Do you feel this is almost like a female version of Wayne's World? I thought it was a female version of Night at the Roxbury, honestly. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Right, but Roxbury came out after this. It did. I, I guess I didn't think about Wayne's World. It would work Wayne's World, too, because that whole weirdness, right, is two oddballs yeah. that don't really fit in, so they find each other. The difference with Wayne World is I like those two guys. I wanted to hate Romy and Michelle. Oh, really? Like, Because these are the girls that made me feel weird in school, right? I'm just like, (laughs) these are the girls that I hated in school. But as you kind of get through this movie, and I've seen it obviously several times, they become endearing. You kind of realize, obviously, as you get older too, that everybody kind of goes through their level of stuff. Sure. It's just that these were the girls that were creating my level of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's a great – I didn't even think about that, that, the male point of view. So, yeah, I I think if the females probably – treat this completely differently because um they maybe if they were like Romeo and michelle they they did their own thing as opposed to you know the it crowd they might have uh they might have empathized more with them yeah yeah and i was definitely the c group right i'm a quiet guy in school i was very young in high school um and i kind of just didn't fit in right too young i just kind of hung out by myself a lot of the times 
and uh, you know, you grow up sooner or later. But I don't know if I was ever bullied. I was a big guy, but mm-hmm. yeah, I couldn't say two words to women. That's for damn sure. So you were Sandy, Sandy Frank. You were uh, basically <laughs> just not as smart. And you know, and I didn't, well, basically own everything but a country either. Right. <laughs> well, with, let's get into obviously the, the character that steals the show. And, and that, that is uh, Janine Garofalo playing Heather. How did you feel about her? Best character in the movie. Oh, easily. She's a little typecast because anything I've seen her in, she plays that same character. Yeah. But that whole time, that whole piece where she finally kind of gets the cowboy. Yeah. And he said, hey, uh, uh, I never screwed a sheep or my sister. And she quickly says, why you couldn't catch him? Like, oh my God, dude. I saw, I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was laughing on the airplane loud and I'm like, oh my God, I'm on a plane. I got to shut the hell up. But oh, when that came up, I was dying. And that's this Janine just, she does a great job of that dry, quick humor. Yeah. And she was a state. Up comedian. So there, here's another one where, you know, we were just talking about Bernie Mac not too long ago uh, about how his stand up kind of morphed into, you know, becoming an actor. Where I think Jenny Garofalo, her stand up is a lot like how her character was in this film. Yeah. And she didn't actually, you know, she didn't end up getting her own sitcom or anything like that because I think with the character that she's playing, it doesn't really uh, give you a lead character vibe. Right. She's always going to end up being comic relief. Right. She can't be Seinfeld. No. Right. She's going to end up being George. Yeah. Yep. That's just who she is. And I, I think that's fine. I've seen her in a bunch of other things, but it's always been like a here and there episode of Two and a Half Men or Seinfeld or, or Friends or one of those things. And she plays the exact same character. Right, right. And I guess it's you never know because then you have people like Melissa McCarthy where you think, well, she she was in Bridesmaid, she'd be kind of a side character and she morphed into like kind of a leading comic actress. So sometimes timing's everything. Yeah, and it depends on which Melissa McCarthy you like, right? Sure. I like the heat Melissa McCarthy where she is foul mouthed and she is always mad. Oh yeah. But she is a person that any you know, nobody wants to love, but people should love kind of character. Because when she's mad and she can let it fly, whoo, <laughs> that, whoo, man, this is 40. Remember this is 40? Oh, yeah. She was oh, going yeah. off. Oh, <laughs> my God. Awesome movie. <laughs> and uh, so you mentioned the cowboy, Clarence the Cowboy. That's Justin Thoreau, who actually ended up being kind of a leading man himself and, and uh, together with Jennifer Aniston, you know, in a relationship. Yeah, this is really a little bit of the breakfast club of this next generation, right? It's it's uh, making these actors because this was uh, the boyfriend's first movie too, wasn't it? What was that guy's name? Alan Cumming. Yeah, it was his first movie, wasn't it? Uh, let me double check. I, I think he'd been around. Let's see, his first feature, ninety two. So yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. I don't think he was well known. He did. He had been yeah. around, but this is. And, uh, yeah, he kind of picked up after this. Uh, and I think it's Vincent's first movie too, possibly. That's possible. Yeah, that's true. Right, because you're talking 97. Like, really, Friends is around. Oh, no, it's not 90. Is this 97? Yeah, 97. 97, yep. 97. So this is in the middle of Friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was his first film, Vincent. Because I was surprised that Lisa Kudrow's not the lead actress here. That's true. Amira Sorvino was coming off, let's see. Well, she had won uh, Best Supporting Actress for Woody Allen's Mighty Aphrodite, which is more kind of an independent. So this is kind of her breakout, probably, uh, you know, 
big big name uh, type of film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Like, but there's some people like that are just kind of typecast for TV too, and I think Lisa Kudrow is one of them. Yeah, I liked her in uh, Analyze This, Analyze That. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a a quirky wife, but she basically played the same Friends character except for she's a wife now. Right. right it's just right. it's that weird. I'm funny, but I'm kind of nerdy, and I say jokes that you shouldn't really laugh at, but you laugh at anyway. And I'm I don't come off as the smartest person on the planet, but I actually am smart. Like it's that weird character she plays. Yeah. Well, I, there's a great scene where she's on the exercise bike. And if you look, the person that's like a, a stand in next to her is, is trying not to laugh because yeah. of what, what she's saying. So stuff like that's great. Okay. So you are a music guy. And so I'm sure you, you sing when you're in the car, whether someone's in the car with you or not. So one of the best seats of this when the girls are, are about to head to the uh, the reunion and they start the lyrics to Footloose and they peter out pretty much after the <laughs> gotta cut Footloose. <laughs> what songs are like that with you where you start strong and then just, you know, mumble off? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell you a specific song, but I can tell you the genre is basically one hit wonders from the 80s, right? Okay. So like uh, uh, Too Shy. Kaja yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, besides the chorus, I don't know any of the other words. <laughs> right? shy, or shy, the Kamazar. Or the Kamazar <laughs> by After the Fire. Like, I don't know what the hell he's saying. <laughs> no, Some of what the about Duran Duran stuff? I oh, don't know yeah. what they're saying. Can you do the Karma, 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 Chameleon? <laughs> <laughs> you come and go, you come and go. That's about it. I don't know what the verses but, are. Well, that's a, that, I'm going through with the songs in this. Like the the hooks and the choruses, these are in fact like everybody wants to rule the world. We, you know, heaven is a place on earth. You know, all of these songs, even whip it. You know, that's these are just huge, huge like uh, choruses that just stick with you. Yeah, and I didn't check these. I wonder if they're all like all universal or all EMI or something oh, like that because there's a lot of hits here. Yeah, yeah. They maybe they just they they knew they had to have that for the this film wouldn't have been the same without the music. Yeah, that's true. And they, they did have, as you mentioned, so it's interesting the No Doubt song didn't make either one of their the the soundtracks. So maybe that was a recordable issue. But then they redid Staying Alive uh with Entrance and uh and there were some newer songs like uh Be My Lover and, and things like that. Yeah, I thought what was also interesting, you know, they kept talking about the weight. I'm like <laughs> Good Lord, I'm seeing you in these dresses. <laughs> like when Ramon saw Romy in that dress, dude, I would have done anything Romy wanted me to do. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't oh, ask yeah. for anything. Like those two are rocking the dresses. So I'm not exactly sure why they were tripping about their weight or whatever, but I don't know if that's just a girl thing. I have no idea. Well, they, they were such good. I mean, they knew each other forever. And so, yeah. So then Lisa Gaudreau's character also was wearing a neck brace in high school. So. Yeah. You know, and then she's kind of that ugly ducking. But I, I kind of, I always liked their characters because they just didn't care what anyone else thought of them. You know. Yeah, but there was, you know, every once in a while where it's like, well, we can't, we don't have boyfriends, or we didn't find a guy, or whatever. And uh, I'll say it till I die, uh, girls. There's guys everywhere. They're scared to death of talking to you, <laughs> but we're everywhere. All you have to do is come talk to us, because we're just not brave enough to come talk to you. That's all you're, it is. You're absolutely right. And what's I find fascinating about you know the higher system, especially in school, there's a there's always a pecking order. So even though uh, they were at the, probably the second rung, there was 
people below them and that they weren't, you know, they weren't really nice to Sandy or Jeannie Garofalo's character. <laughs> so it's like, the, and then Jeannie Garofalo wasn't nice to the cowboy. So it's kind of funny how no matter what wrong you are, there's people still below you. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was saying, right? Everybody yeah. kind of goes through their stuff, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And, uh, and some of this was so predictable, but sometimes I like the movies that are predictable because even the first time I saw it, I'm like, all right, Garofalo's going to end up with that cowboy dude. They're, mm-hmm. They set this up right out of the gate. This is, I don't know if she's going to end up married, kids, blah, blah, blah. You know, but uh, yeah, she's, or Julia Campbell. It's like, yeah, she's marrying that guy. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I'm assuming Nicole has seen this movie. Oh, yeah. Nicole's seen this movie. We haven't seen this movie together. Because mm. um, we don't, we watch a lot of movies together that are more, uh, husband wife relationship type movies instead of like these kind of what it was like in high school kind of mm. spoof thingies. Okay. Um, but you know, if this comes on cable or whatever, and we're just kind of watching in the background, we'll look at it. Do you think your daughters would like this film or are they into anything retro? Um, my daughters, I have not asked them to like, uh, I have not asked them to watch this film, but they are huge friends fans. Oh, and okay. They actually do like Lisa Kudrow. So they might actually enjoy this movie. Yeah, I think that would be a fun one for them, you know, especially. Yeah, yeah. because she I mean, she if you like Lisa Kudrow, she plays Lisa Kudrow in this pretty well. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's not too serious. No. And it it hits home for anybody who's ever been in high school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as always, Sonny, thank you so much for doing this. And we're going to talk real soon. All right, man. Catch you soon. Red cold, and she said, I want.
If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday, and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Captain Video. Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.